Welcome to Great Commission Conversations, a program dedicated to conversation with Bible-believing Christian workers who are serious about getting the gospel around the world. At least that is usually the focus of the program. Today, it's more of a monologue. I'm still your host, though, Lee Cadenhead, missionary to Zimbabwe, Africa, sent out of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Carthage, Tennessee. And I'm actually at home here at Cornerstone for this week as our church celebrates its 30th anniversary. And I am exceedingly grateful for my church family and for my pastor. I have found it difficult uh, here early on on the road full time to get um, the silence, the time, and the technological cooperation, I'll put it that way, to correspond with each other in order to record some programs. So there hasn't been a lot posting here lately. Perhaps some of you have noticed, but I have had a a program on my heart, uh, something to do solo in the way of suggesting some reading on the topic of missions. And I wouldn't uh, want to uh, misrepresent myself in, in undertaking a program of this sort. I am not a prolific reader. I'm a very slow reader. It is a labor to me to, to read faithfully. And it's something, nevertheless, that I see the importance of. Reading allows you to think thoughts that you otherwise would never think for better or for worse, I might add, and to go places uh, in geography and history that you otherwise would never get to visit. And so I see the importance of reading. Now, I've not read as extensively in this subject of missions as I perhaps should have or would like to have. Uh, nevertheless, given what exposure I have, I thought I would dedicate a program here to some suggested reading on the topic of missions that might elaborate or provoke thought on some of the themes that come up in the course of the podcast here. And so while obviously the list is not exhaustive in in any way, some of this might be of interest to some of our listeners as you think through missions. Now, obviously, I am a, uh, well, I, I will say that I am a sufficiently independent thinker as to not to agree with anything entirely that I read in the way of a book. But that actually is helpful, too. That is um, healthy to be exposed to some things that uh, you don't want somebody just to rubber stamp every thought that you have. You don't want to read behind only those men that already agree with you on everything. There's no opportunity for growth if, uh, if that's the limits of your reading. So uh, please don't take this as an endorsement to every single book that I'll propose. Um, uh, take the sage reading advice eat the meat, spit out the bones. Now, as I develop my list, I'll give you some some headings. And the first one that I'll give you is the topic of the indigenous principle, in particular, indigenous church planting. And the first title that I'll mention is uh, of consequence, not only because of its content, but because of its historical importance. Rethinking missions, strategy, and philosophy in a radical way within his generation. Uh, The title is Missionary Methods, St. Paul's or Ours by Roland Allen. Now, Roland Allen served both in China and Africa. Some some very interesting missions exposure in terms of the the cross-cultural, the variety of cross-cultural exposure that he had. 
If I'm not mistaken, and it's been years since I read the book and, and I did not take the time to refamiliarize myself at any length with the book before the podcast here, but I believe that uh, I believe that Alan was an Anglic was of an Anglican background. I know that he was British, and he's writing in the first half of the 20th century. And at that, at that season of missions history, and he was born in the 19th century, certain Victorian ideals of uh, civilizational uh, ambitions had sort of filtered into uh, foreign mission strategy, even among um, what we might call e- evangelical or evangelistic missionaries, Protestant missionaries going to foreign countries. And so because of this, the mission station approach had become popularized at this time. And with that mission station approach, all of those civilizational kind of objectives are in the mix. The, the mission's hospital, the mission's um, primary, and, uh, primary school and high school, all of the Western culture. <laughs> that would go along with a mission station. Now, I'm not I'm not dismissing the concept of a of a mission station altogether, but it's certainly not the only way to go about missions. And Roland Allen is confronting that kind of mentality, I think, um, in his day. And so, what he's doing is he is looking at he goes back to the Bible and he's looking at Paul as a uh, as a model of missions, biblical, New Testament, biblical missions. And what he sees in Paul's life does not at all match the missions model that he had inherited in his own day. Now, I've commented on the podcast here before that Paul is unique among every missionary in the history of the New Testament church, Paul is unique. So there are you can only take Paul's methods so far because of his uniqueness. Nevertheless, we should certainly examine Paul's missions methods and see if we can't distill some principles for application in our modern day, um, in the context in which we're ministering. I mean, you've got to you've got to start somewhere in the Bible, and obviously the Book of Acts. I mean, it's the only inspired missions, church history, and uh, it does give us some principles for missions. And so Alan is examining these, and he's really addressing, I think, in large part, the indigenous principle, which had not been observed so much of the time in British foreign missions in his in his own day. Now, it's been a while, as I mentioned, since I've read the book, but um, as I recall, the sections on finances and church discipline were particularly helpful, but this was an, a very important book historically in terms of sort of confronting some very limited thinking in the missions establishment. From a similar period in history, I would recommend to you John Nevius's book on the planting and development of missionary churches. And this is uh, dealing directly with the indigenous principle. I regard it as the most succinct treatment of this subject that I'm aware of. It was written by a Presbyterian missionary to China and Korea from the 1800s, John Nevius by name. He breaks down the problems with the mission station approach and the shortcuts that are associated with paid native workers. He writes from a biblical perspective. He has a lot of real-life experience with which to illustrate what's at stake um, with uh, trying to take the shortcuts 
in uh, and to produce immediate short-term results. And while the book is somewhat dated, I think that Nevius's conclusions are very relevant for modern missions. It's relatively short. It is much more readable, in my opinion, than Alan's book, and I highly recommend this one. I've given this out to quite a few people. If you're involved in uh, in foreign church planting, I think that this should be required reading just, just to try to chew on some of these concepts. Another title that I will uh, suggest to you came up in the course of my interview with Keith Stensis. He mentioned a book by Melvin Hodges entitled The Indigenous Principle. I wasn't motivated. I've had this book on my shelf, or I have this. All my books are in storage now. Uh, They're shipped hither and thither or given away or whatever. Uh, What books I have left are in storage. But um, I had this this volume on on my shelf for years and was never motivated to read it until the recommendation from Brother Stensis. And by the way, I think that that uh, interview on church planting in Uganda contains perhaps the most helpful description of basic principles of indigenous church planting that that I've heard in in that format. But Melvin Hodges was an Assembly of God missionary to Central America. And there are parts of the book that wouldn't appeal to most independent Baptist missionaries, like the section, for instance, on establishing the denominational structure on the mission field. Obviously, that's not applicable. But there are some really good points made in the book. Uh, Hodges is pretty devoted to a congregational form of local church polity. The congregational polity of, of the church is basically, in, as, as I read Hodges' book, that's the way that he assures the indigenous nature of the church. And this stretched me, to be honest with you. It got me to think. I'm glad that uh, I read it. But some of his suggestions also made me squirm at times. And that's good for us to read some things that, uh, that make us squirm and make us think. A more contemporary book on this subject of indigenous church planting would be Ten Men and One Book, written by Dwayne Cleghorn. This book in particular is not available on Amazon that I'm aware of or some of those uh, larger online bookstores, but it is available from the Victory Baptist Press, or you can contact our local church for a copy. Now, I know Brother Cleghorn personally. He's not only a thinking man, he's one of the most consecrated Christians that I know. And uh, so I have no problem recommending the book um, on, on several levels. Now, The first part of the book makes an exhaustive study of the tithe in the Bible and how the tithe was used to uh, meet the needs of the religious community in both Testaments. Now, that may seem like a strange place to start a book about missions, but the application which he ultimately makes is pretty simple, and in my opinion, it's rather profound. Any local church, no matter where the local church is located or how depressed the local economy may be, can be self-supporting and even reproduce itself. This is the argument that Brother Cleghorn is making. That local church just needs 10 men and one book, thus the title to the book. If 10 men would tithe their livelihood, and I'm going to use that word on purpose because I think that this concept could be deployed even in economies that are not necessarily cash-based, but if 10 men could tithe their livelihood then they could support their pastor at the average income of the men of that local church, 
And if each of those 10 families could give an additional 10% of their livelihood to the work of missions, then they could conceivably send a man out of their church fully supported at the same support level as their pastor to establish the church of God in the regions beyond. So he addresses, Brother Cleghorn addresses a lot of other topics in relation to missions and ministry, but I think that that's the thesis from which the book derives its name. Now, a couple of other titles, um, not directly related to church planting per se, but certainly connected to the indigenous principle. One is When Charity Destroys Dignity by Glenn Schwartz. The subtitle to the book is Overcoming Unhealthy Dependency in the Christian Movement. There are quite a few things written on the dangers of dumping foreign funds into national efforts. It creates a scenario where it's unsustainable for the local believers without the presence of the foreigner. So this is, this is one of the ways in which the indigenous principle is undermined by foreign missionaries all the time. And this book by Glenn Schwartz uh, tackles this firsthand. Now, he served in the southern region of Africa. Uh, Schwartz saw firsthand the destruction of the dignity of national churches through the charity of the West, and he hits the thing head on. It's a uh, it's a it's a helpful it's a helpful book. He's he's got a different background denominationally and so forth, but he is addressing a very important subject thoughtfully. Another book uh, related to this would be African Friends and Money Matters. Observations from Africa, the book that I'm reading right now is the second edition. This is by David Morans. Now, I'm in the middle of this book. I'm about halfway through. So far, in my reading, it's been very helpful. It's about more than money. It's, it's about the African mindset, African culture. Now, all of the sections in the book virtually begin with an African proverb that serves to highlight the worldview that accounts for the sometimes dramatically different cultural context in Africa as compared to the West. The treatment of African culture in this book is highly respectful. It's appreciative even of African culture at the same time that I think it's pretty honest and straightforward. Now, while Moran's addresses a variety of cultural areas, things like time, dress, etc., there's a special emphasis in the book on money matters, as reflected in the title. It addresses the African tribal and collectivistic sensibilities that are manifest in the handling of money. He deals with systems of patronage, clientelism, and the social use of financial resources. Now, I'm giving you some of the, some of the heavy vocabulary because I'm in the midst of the reading and these are, these are fresh in my mind. Uh, as I said, I'm about halfway through, but I found it to be very helpful so far. Under any of these headings, I'm going to leave some things out. Um, I, if you wanted to read a case for the foreign support of national preachers, I'd recommend John Nelm's book entitled The Great Omission. He's been a guest on the program. Another classic on this topic is K.P. Yohannan's Revolution in Missions. Now, of course, if you're going to read Yohannan's book, you'll want to avail yourself to the tragic, unwritten sequel to that book, where he violates all of his previously held convictions and appoints himself a metropolitan of the Indian Orthodox Church. Um, indeed, truth is stranger than fiction, but I forbear. The next heading, and related to the indigenous principle, is just culture, books on culture. Um, Brother Cleghorn, whom I previously mentioned, has written a little booklet, a little workbook 
on culture. I think that it's entitled A Collision Course with Culture. It's not uh, publicly in print. Um, I may be able to get a copy of it if you'd like to uh, contact us through the email, uh, through the podcast email. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good primer. Um, I would recommend some biographical works that would address culture. We'll talk about missionary biography at the end of the program here. But uh, let me recommend a couple of contemporary biographical books that illustrate cultural adaptation in a really interesting way. The first of these would be Bruchko by Bruce Olson. It's very simply written. It's an almost incredible account of one yet of one young man's missionary adventure among an unreached tribe in the Amazon forest. It's a great story, but it's also a case study in cross-cultural adaptation and ministry, especially to uh, primitive tribal peoples. Along those lines would be Peace Child by Don Richardson. Um, Peace Child is a similar story to Olson's, although Richardson is a much more sophisticated writer. The introductory chapter of this of this book is like a literary brick wall. It is so detailed and so transparent as to make one nearly sick. But this book is powerful. Uh, in addition to telling the Richardson family's story, uh, he also illustrates the concept of redemptive analogies, which he believes is embedded in ancient tribal cultures. And a, a redemptive analogy is basically a culturally relevant illustration of the gospel that, as Richardson believes, God has embedded in ancient tribal cultures um, for propagating the gospel among heathen people that uh, have no prior exposure to the gospel. Now, I've mentioned redemptive analogies a couple of times on the podcast. This is essentially what Stephen Holt is utilizing among the Muslim people of Sierra Leone with his advocate presentation. I would also recommend Don Richardson's Lords of the Earth, which tells the story of some pioneering mission work and the somewhat recent martyrdom of missionaries among the cannibal tribes of New Guinea. While I've not read it, I've heard that Richardson's book entitled Eternity in Their Hearts is a helpful protracted treatment of redemptive analogies. Uh, Allow me to mention a couple of short, even more recent, popular missions works. Now, I don't think it would hurt for Bible believers to avail themselves at times to some popular evangelical resources. Again, remember that principle of eating the meat and spitting out the bones. One of these titles would be Foreign to Familiar, A Guide to Understanding Hot and Cold Climate Cultures by Sarah Lanier. This is short. It's readable. It's basically a primer on some of the basic differences between Western cultures, which are typically cold climate cultures, and so much of the developing world, such as Africa and South America, which are typically hot climate cultures. So it's an interesting read, just kind of basic exposure to some of the differences. Another one, which is more theological in nature, but I think uh, every bit or even more so fascinating than the previous title, would be The 3D Gospel, Ministry in Guilt, Shame, and Fear Cultures by Jason Georges. Georges traces the way in which, when you examine cultural patterns around the world, three different kinds of what he calls moral emotions tend to be dominant. These would be guilt and innocent cultures, which have historically been predominant in the West, shame and honor cultures, which are concentrated more in the Far East and among Islamic peoples, and finally fear and power cultures, which are found in much of Africa and other tribal settings like the the Pacific Islanders, for instance. 
George is, is making the case that we tend to emphasize the gospel in relation to our native culture. And oftentimes it's not sufficiently understood cross-culturally because our audience is filtering life through a different context, a different moral emotional context. You can certainly overdo these cultural distinctives and you can most certainly over-contextualize biblical truth. But the presentation made in this little book is really thought-provoking. For me, the examination uh, of, of the gospel in relation to different cultures that is presented in this book reinforces and illustrates my conviction that the gospel is the power of God for everyone, regardless of where they may fall on the cultural spectrum. So it's our obligation, of course, to communicate the gospel in terms that are fully understood by our audience at the same time as being biblically accurate. Um, and so I think that this is a helpful discussion of some of these considerations. Now, when it comes to just missions in general, perhaps I should have started with this. I, I wish that I, there were more of these kinds of titles that I could recommend. I have the nagging feeling as I give you this sh very short list that I'm forgetting something. I might recommend to you The Challenge of Missions by Oswald J. Smith. Pastor Joel Logan likes to give these books out. Uh, Smith had a significant itinerant ministry in addition to founding the People's Church in Toronto. He is often credited with having developed Faith Promise Missions giving. He did a great deal for world missions in his day, and this book sort of tells that story, including some of the principles of giving that he taught his people and preached around the world. I'll interject here. I, I wish that I could recommend some dedicated book to the concepts of faith promise. I've read some things that I hated about the topic of faith promise uh, missions, but um, I, if you can suggest a, a, a book on faith promise missions giving that you feel like is good, I hope that you'll recommend it to me. Uh, another general interest, general missions book would be World Missions Total War by L.E. Maxwell. This is a stirring book about the need to get the gospel around the world. It's a little bit dated. Maxwell was the longtime president of the Prairie Bible Institute, also in Canada. Um, and he motivated a, a, an earlier generation of young people to give their lives for the cause of the gospel. This book has been reprinted by Moody under a slightly different title. And of course, they had to mess with the Bible version, which thing I hate, but in any case, it is worth the read. And I can't mention Maxwell, I don't think, without referencing his excellent book on the crucified life entitled Born Crucified. And uh, that title also uh, utilizes a, a number of missionary examples, and the crucified life is certainly um, related uh, intimately and, uh, and critically related to the missionary cause. I think it's worth mentioning that Dr. Charles Keene, one-time pastor of First Baptist Church of Milford, Ohio, um, also the founder uh, out of that church of uh, Bearing Precious Seed, a Bible publishing ministry, and more recently the founder of First Bible International, he's written a few books on missions that are worth reading. Uh, the titles that I'm aware of are Thinking Outside the Box, He is Worthy, and They Are Still Waiting. Now, these three books are basically sermonic, but there's some good material here to motivate missionary service and provoke thought about missionary strategy. I wanted to give you a title on missions history, and this would be From Jerusalem to Irian Jaya, 
A Biographical History of Christian Missions by Ruth A. Tucker. Uh, Jerusalem, of course, is where the apostles began. I believe it was Richardson and some of his colleagues that were in uh, on the island of Irian Jaya, um, once known as Dutch New Guinea. But this is an excellent single-volume history of missions, concentrating, as the title indicates, on important missionary figures over the course of church history. Now, like most church histories, the book is generally organized in chronological order. It begins with the apostolic and post-apostolic periods. It addresses early missionaries like the Apostle Paul or Olphilus or Columba, and these are well worth um, our acquaintance. And then it moves up to the near present, including missionaries like Bruce Olson and Don Richardson, which we mentioned earlier. Within that chronological framework, however, the book takes on the so-called Great Century and further divides that history by region, which I find to be really helpful. It covers all the major pioneer missionaries that we always hear about in sermon illustrations and some less well-known but very important missionaries of the past. I highly recommend this. I think that it's a shame to us that we're not better acquainted with church history and missions history for that matter. Finally, and related to missions history, I would certainly recommend missionary biography of virtually any kind. One of the best um, things, one of the greatest exercises that I think a Christian can take up is reading the life stories of other great Christians. Personally, aside from the Bible, I think that the reading of missionary biography has been one of the most enriching spiritual exercises that I've undertaken, especially in relation to reading. Um, With that in mind, here are a few suggestions. Firstly, and this is on purpose, not all of these books are in uh, the order of importance, but this one is my favorite, To the Golden Shore, The Life of Adoniram Judson, written by Courtney Anderson. This is the greatest missionary biography that I know of personally. Please read it. It's long, but it's very well researched. It's beautifully written. I can remember the time and place that I finished this book. I felt as though I had been in the presence of a great man, which reflects the greatness of Judson, but also the writing of Anderson. Um, Judson had a miraculous conversion, a whirlwind call and deployment to missions, a curious conversion to the Baptist faith from congregationalism, even as he was on the ship on his way to India. He was baptized by another great um, missionary pioneer, William Carey. But he also experienced some of the greatest heartache and suffering of any missionary that I've ever read about. Um, And this book chronicles those things. It is uh, an excellent, it's an excellent life and it, this in particular, this book in particular, is an excellent account of that life. Do yourself a favor and read this story. Um, I'd also recommend the autobiography of John G. Patton. Uh, this is a really powerful book as well. It includes one of the most touching accounts of the Christian home that I could possibly recommend to you. Reading, reading Patton's description of his father's faith still brings me to tears as a dad. He served in the New Hebrides Islands in the South Pacific, He buried his new wife and child on the island of Tana, where he was subsequently nearly eaten by local savages for his troubles, but he eventually ended up on the island of Aniwa. I'm I'm supposing that that's how you pronounce that, that word. And on the island of Aniwa, nearly the entire population was converted to God. This is a great book and a tremendous story. Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret by Dr. and Mrs. Howard Taylor is a tremendous missionary biography. 
As you can tell from the title, it really focuses on the spiritual life of the famed founder of the China Inland Mission. It tells you how he learned to live by faith and how he endured grief and temptation on the foreign field. It's a tremendous book. C.T. Studd, Cricketer and Pioneer, written by Norman P. Grubb, is a great biography. Studd was a live wire for Jesus Christ. He was converted under Moody, and he was among the famed Cambridge Seven that surrendered to go to China with the China Inland Mission. Studd gave away his family fortune and followed the call of God to China and then to India and eventually to the Belgian Congo, if I'm not mistaken. It's a fascinating story about a fascinating man. I will tell you that my strongest emotion when reading this book is the bewilderment that I feel for his poor wife when Studd told her that he was going to Africa without her. Um, You know, there is a side of these missionary stories that is sometimes untold, and we need to avail ourselves to that as well. Another title would be William Borden of Yale, 09. That was the year, that is 1909, the year of his graduation. This is also by Mrs. Howard Taylor. Borden's story is every bit as powerful as these other missionary heroes, even though he died at a young age at the outset of his missionary labors. Borden was born into significant wealth. He served the Lord wholeheartedly, however, as a student at Yale. He had surrendered to take the gospel to the Muslim peoples of western China, and he had gone to Cairo to train under the great missionary to the Arabs, Samuel Zwimmer, when he tragically contracted meningitis and died before reaching his um, chosen field of service. He might have died prematurely by our reckoning, but he being dead yet speaketh, and this is a powerful story as well. Um, Of course, I think it would be helpful to read through Gates of Splendor by Elizabeth Elliot, Um, and that's another team of missionaries that died prematurely by our reckoning. Jim Elliot, Nate Saint, Roger Udarian, Ed McCauley, and Pete Fleming were speared to death in the jungles of Ecuador. This is a familiar story. Um, They were trying to make contact with the primitive tribe then known as the Akas, but it really is a powerful read. Don't go rent the movie. Um, Read the book. The book is always better. Uh, While I'm mentioning missionary biography, I want to mention the series of biographies, Christian Heroes Now and Then, written by Jeff and Janet Benji. Bengi, uh, Bing, I don't know how you pronounce their name, B-E-N-G-E, Benji, perhaps. I, I wanted to mention these uh, this series of books because they're so accessible, uh, not only in their availability, but also in their readability. They each run about 200 pages. They're intentionally written for younger readers, but they're really excellent. They take some license in telling the storyline. But they're, in, they're written in such a way that they're, they're usually engaging for the entire family. Our family has read every one of the missionary biographies in this series, and there are quite a lot of them. E- even if you don't read them to your children, any interested Christian would enjoy these stories. And another thing that I like about this series of, of biographies is they expose us to some missionaries that we're less familiar with. I just mentioned Samuel Zwimmer. Um, I was unfamiliar with Zwimmer until I came across his Christian Hero Now and Then book uh, biography by Jeff and Janet Benji. So great books. Now, I would have loved to have started this um, podcast with maybe a general treatment of missiology, um, but I'm not exactly sure what I would recommend in that realm. So I wanted to close with this thought. I suppose that any sort of missiology textbook would be helpful. 
I do have some notes from a course in missiology that I've taught in a Bible Institute context and, and an adapted uh, set of notes studying missions in Acts that I've used in a mission school. I'd be glad to send that along if any of our listeners are interested. But I also wanted to mention years ago some material on missions by Jeff Adams that I was given. Uh, at the time of the recording, he was the pastor of Kansas City Baptist Temple. Now, I don't think the guy is pastoring anymore. He's some kind of life coach or something now. But the material that he recorded, and it's pretty dated. I don't know where you can find it, to be honest with you. But it, it was outstanding, and it was really formative for me. I got a hold of this early in my pastorate, and, and it opened my mind to some things about missions that I'm very thankful for. So I thought I'd mention that. That concludes this program. That concludes my list of suggested reading. Again, not at all exhaustive. I'm sure I missed some things. If I did miss something that you feel like should have been included or that you feel like I should avail myself to, I would love to hear from you. Um, if you think of something that should be in the list or that you'd recommend to me, please feel free to send me an email with your input. You can reach me, Brother Lee, by email at greatcommissionconversations at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in. Please avail yourself to some of the other uh, interviews on this podcast where we're interacting with some of the topics that have come up in the course of this uh, podcast on some suggested reading. Until next time. Let's do what we can to get the gospel to the regions beyond and do some reading about how to do it well. God bless you.